Happy Monday evening, everyone. Unless you're listening to the replay of the podcast, maybe it's not Monday evening anymore, but it is for me right now as we go live uh, on a Monday night. Hey, if you want to get straight into the meat of things, you can for, fast forward maybe five minutes because I'm just going to kick it here for a few minutes waiting for Yanni to jump on. Uh, we'll see if we get some other people joining as well. Um, as always, if you're listening to this, certainly appreciate if you would hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, you know, all the regular stuff. Uh, we are going to talk tonight about some teams that are trending up and trending down. Just kind of a way of looking back at last week, but maybe getting a little bit of long-term perspective too. And here's Yanni now. Let's welcome him in. Hey, Yanni. Hey, I appreciate that warm welcome. Sorry, Emma. <laughs> you know, just trying to create a a hospitable vibe around here. <laughs> Feels good. You're doing a great job. Great, great. <laughs> Thanks, man. How's it going tonight? Uh, it's going well. How about yourself? Yeah. Okay, I'm doing well. You know, uh, I'm just hoping that the Vikings can somehow keep losing games and get me to one of those quarterbacks in this next draft, you know? yeah I, oh man i where, where to go we could probably spend the next four hours dissecting <laughs> that one i i you know it's just i i think we knew there was going to be a little bit of evening out from a year ago i think we all knew that you knew that but yep. i mean you talk about a 180 it's like all those little things that just went the right way it's like every single one of them's just going the wrong way and uh, you know, obviously now I, I think there's some what intrigue with that injury to Jefferson there. And yeah, and, you know, sounds like the, it could be a couple weeks at least. So, yeah, yeah. Depending upon that. I mean, obviously that that makes a difference. Yep, it for sure does. Well, and you're no stranger to injuries either. The Bills just getting freaking hammered, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah. I know you had said you had messaged me that this Matt Milano injury is a game changer. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, really everything they predicate their defense on is based around him. And of course, if you've watched him play, he's phenomenal. I mean, he's by far, by far their best defensive player. So, you know, you take someone like that off the field and it was like, you know, not only was there that, that initial, you understand the team being a little deflated, right? They kind of see it, yeah. they know, but you just watch the fall off there and it's like, I'm watching these plays. And in my mind, I'm like, Milano makes that tackle. Milano makes that play, you know, in that. And, and I mean, we talk about it all the time on here. There's a difference between losing a player and losing an all pro player. There's a big difference yeah. between the two there. And, you know, that that's, you know, guys like that and obviously Jefferson and, and hopefully it's not too serious and, you know, maybe a week or two and he can get back on the field, but you know, guys like that, they're just not replaceable. I, I, I mean, you can replace Jordan Addison, you can replace KJ Osborne, you know, but guys like Jefferson, you just can't replace. Yeah. I, I do want to ask you about Milano because, I mean, of course I care about Jefferson, but the Vikings season at this point is, you know, is dust. The Bill season is not. I mean, I, I think they were trending positively, even I would say. Uh, I mean, how much where do you see them in the landscape of things with Milano out? Well, I mean, first of all, I think it goes beyond Milano. You know, this is, 
because of the world we live in, when you watch mainstream media, you know, I'm watching the game last night on Sunday night football and they're putting up key injuries and they've got, you know, Travis Kelsey up there and, and it's like, okay, he dinged up his ankle. I get it. He's dating Taylor Swift. I get it. <laughs> that's not a key injury. The guy came back in the game and played, he's going to be fine, yeah. but that's mainstream sports entertainment, right? That's, that's what we're used to. You don't hear about the things. And, and I think we were texting about it. The Daquan Jones injury to the Bills is massive. And you, I mean, unless you're, you're following that, actually not even if you're following that game, because they really even talk about it in that game. And I understand, no, and I understand you get overshadowed by Milano and everything going on. I get that, but that is a huge injury. So a couple things, Daquan Jones, by some people who I very much respect, have him ranked the number one interior defensive lineman through four games. Wow. you know, that's a big blow, obviously, in the rotation there. And if you don't believe that, if you go back last year, the player that, and, and kind of the same thing, under the radar, missed the game against the Bengals in the playoffs. And I'm not suggesting the Bills would have beat the Bengals. The Bengals were a way better team last year in, the, in that playoff game. But Daquan Jones didn't play in that game. He got hurt, you know, the week before, didn't play. They got pushed around and manhandled up front in that game because he, he in essence, he is the best comparison I can make is he is the Haloti Nata of that defensive line. And, you know, if you ever listen to Ray Lewis, he talks about how he wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer if he didn't have guys like Haloti Nata in front of him. Probably not sure he probably still would have been a Hall of Famer. But, yeah. you know, you can kind of see guys like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed say, hey, this is the guy that, that drives the engine. He eats up the double teams. He's the guy getting penetration that allows the playmakers to do their thing. So now you've taken that away along with Milano, the guy making plays. And, and, you know, don't forget, too, this team lost Trey White the week before, um, you know, for the season. So, obviously, they're better in top corner. I mean, they're so desperate they went out and signed Josh Norman today, which which we saw. So, yep. <laughs> you, you know, you see that. And then it's like all of a sudden you start looking. It's like they had other guys that were playing good football. Greg Rousseau, Christian Benford. These guys are out, too. Now, those aren't season-ending, fortunately. But, you know, you start compounding that. And and you look at, at week, week one, too, even. But really the first three weeks of the season, four weeks, this defense was dominating. I mean, they were getting after the quarterback. They were making plays. And I just think that the fall off there is going to be huge. I think now we're going to see teams do kind of what the Jaguars were able to do, which is control the time of possession, you know, convert third downs, those kind of things. And I just think it puts way more pressure on, on the Bills offense. And as we've seen, sometimes when Josh Allen feels like he has to carry the load, he can get a little reckless. He can try to do a little bit too much, and that doesn't always work out in their favor. So yeah. I, I hope, you know, I, I'm trying to keep an optimistic mind because this team still has some good players. I think they're still going to compete, but I can't look at this team now and say, oh, they could beat the Niners. Oh, they could beat the Eagles. Oh, they could beat the Chiefs. You know, if you'd asked me a week ago, I'd have said, yeah, they could beat them at any given. Absolutely. And, and I just don't think that's the case now. Can they... Can they win in the AFC? Can they beat teams like the Chargers, the Ravens? Yeah, they could probably still win some of those games. But I'll be honest, and of course it breaks my heart to say it, I mean, I think those Super Bowl aspirations go out the window with those key mm. losses. So that's that's, that's my take. I know. Although we certainly never know what other teams will face as well. But that True. it is rough, and it's so hard to see a team face so I mean, everybody ends up with some injuries, right? And And it's hard enough to absorb an injury to one key player. But when you start stacking up multiple key players on the same team and especially on the same unit on the same team, yeah. it's just it's one of those things that honestly, as an NFL fan, I don't really want that for anybody. Like, 
even as much as I dislike the Packers, like I'm not really cheering for injuries, you know, no, uh, no. you want to see these guys be able to play and then see what happens. So Ab- absolutely. Um, all right. Before we get into some other stuff, and again, if you're listening to the replay or listening to this on the podcast, you could skip ahead maybe five minutes. We're going to talk about the Monday night game real quick here. Shady saying Jimmy G is going to turn the ball over like the but nobody turns the ball over like the Vikings. Shady, they are in a class of their own, my man. <laughs> um, but I do just want to ask real quick: Is there anything you like for tonight, whether it's player props or a side, or or are you just kind of like, hey, I'm just going to watch it. You know, I've, I have a little bit of play here, and when I say that, we're talking like a quarter unit, half unit, just yeah. more to have a little little fun with the game tonight. I do like both. I like Jordan Love's over potential here and A.J. Dillon. I don't think the Raiders' defense is great. I, I think we all would agree that. So I think they both have very manageable numbers that they could get to. As far as the game, I, I'm torn, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go the square bet. I think the Packers get this done here. I think they go on the road. I think at the end of the day, they're a better team overall. Maybe don't quite have the firepower. I know Aaron Jones isn't going to play tonight, but I I think overall they're going to get this done. And I think we're going to see a lot of green and yellow jerseys in the stands there in Vegas tonight would be my my guess. So, Yeah, I was listening to someone today. I mean, like with a lot of teams, I think, you know, it's a home game for the away team in Vegas a lot of the time. So a couple things for me on this game, and I'm like you, I have, I think, two half unit bets in um one is on green bay's money line and i hate to say that and i still hope they lose even though i have that bet in but i do think that they're just more solid all around um and then the other one is i actually have an over on romeo dobbs Mm -hmm. receiving yards and the reason is i like his matchup here and i think that christian watson is getting a lot of the attention he's still coming back from an injury and i think he's probably improving every week and he's a good player Hey, maybe this is the week he goes off and, uh, and you know, Dobbs, but Dobbs has been increasing in targets every week. And it seems like Jordan Love really likes him. And I think his over is at like, what was it, four, 49 and a half or 40, something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. 48 and a half. Yeah. Uh, so, so I like that. I think it's a, a good spot. I like that. Uh, and I think, you know, one thing you can point out really quick, I was just going to say, so Shady just put it, you know, uh, Raiders secondary is a little thin. So that obviously helps your cause. Um, Nate Hobbs is out as Shady just pointed out, which was what I was going to say. And the other thing too is he goes deep to Dobbs. So when you're talking about 48 and a half, 49 and a half yards, that could be one play. I mean, honestly, you know, he, he's mm-hmm. he, this season already, he's had some targets 40, 50 yards down the field. So I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't like this here and I don't do a lot with same game parlays. Uh, I've done a little because everybody offers no risk for the same game parlays all over the place. So I do it for no risk, but uh, one of the uncorrelated ones that I think is interesting to your point with guys who might catch the ball deep is to bet under on someone's receptions, but over on their yards, mm. you can get a pretty good number on that. So if you, I, I'm not saying that's a good bet tonight. He's been getting targeted a lot actually. Uh, but just something to consider with guys who might uh, go deep more. So, all right, well, uh, before we jump into looking ahead to next week at some of the lines, Yanni, uh, I, I messaged you and just said, let's talk a little bit about maybe a couple teams who are trending up and trending down. And part of what I mean here as I was thinking about this is it's really easy to have a team have one good week and go, oh, they're trending up. They look good. And I know we not try not to overreact like that. But I think what I'm trying to get at is are there teams that you think are kind of establishing themselves as a better team than we thought they were? So they're trending up in a 
way that has staying power and kind of the same on the other side of their teams trending down that it has more staying power like hey this team i think is just going to be worse than we thought so let's start with the trending up um is there a team or two that you think are trending up and it's got some staying power yeah, I've got a couple really quick, um, and and I'll go brief with with the, especially two of them here. I think the New Orleans Saints are an interesting team that might be trending up a little bit here. They, you know, they've they seem to be the offensive line is playing a little better than they did the first couple weeks. Derek Carr finally showed some signs of life this last week, coming back from injury. Of course, they get Alvin Kamara back. Um, and that defense, which I thought was going to be kind of eh, maybe 10 to 15 range in the league, they're proven to be more of a, a top five to 10 you know, range. So I think that's a team that they kind of have the pieces there and they have a relatively easy schedule. So when you look at that, I mean, I think that's a team that's trending in the right direction, um, even though they haven't necessarily been that impressive yet. Um, they, they were this week, but like you said, I, I don't want to overreact to that. I'm trying to look at the body of work. Uh, the other one is in, in I, I, I'm still not a believer, but I do think this Bears team is trending up a little bit. And I don't mean that they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to do any serious damage. But this was a team that a couple weeks ago, we were like, are they going to win a game? You know, we were looking at that and, and yeah. literally asking that question. And I think that it's got to be encouraging for them that the offense starting to click a little bit. DJ Moore obviously had a huge game. Cole Komet looked good, you know, the last couple weeks. And of course, Justin Fields has played well. And that defense actually has been a little better. So do I think the Bears are, are going deep in the play? Absolutely not. But I think that they're trending up in the fact that this is a team that two weeks ago I would have said, boy, that's that's a win on any team schedule, right? And and now I think you look at that and you say, eh, if you're playing the Bears, like you better bring your game because may not be as simple as we thought. But the, the main one, and then I'll be done with that, is it's got to be the Bengals, right? At least for me. Um, they and, and here's why. They managed to, to play horrible football for the first month of the season, and they're only one game out of first place in their division. Crazy. And really, the AFC is, is stacked up. So I think the most encouraging thing and the reason they're trending up is Joe Burrow was running around like the old Joe Burrow this week. So yes, it is one game, but that's what I wanted to see. Like, does he have the mobility to elude the rush, you know, make those plays? And he did. And, you know, they're going to get T Higgins back here. So I think that, you know, that offense can become even more dynamic. They beat up on the Cardinals defense. I mean, I'm not going to give them a huge medal for that, but it was how they did it. Getting chase the ball, um, you know, Burrow looking, you know, to do what he did. And then that defense for the first time kind of showed up a little bit in that game. They weren't great, but they made some turnovers. They made some big plays. So I think they're trending up just in the sense that they've been there. They've done it. And we talked a week or so ago about, for me, you, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And it didn't look like we were going to have to do that with the Bengals. But I saw enough from Joe Burrow to say, you know what, this team's trending up because they have the pedigree, they have the experience, and they have the players to put this thing together. And the fact that they're only one game back, I mean, they're going to be in it. They're going to be fighting. So I think they're definitely going in the right direction. Yes, I'll react to yours quick, and then I have a couple. Um, I actually think this might be the buy high spot or the sell high spot for Chicago. I think the, they have looked a little bit better, and I agree with that. Uh, but I also think they beat up on Washington, who also is worse than we thought they were. And I think I just think they still are generally who we thought they were. They're going to have some big moments, big plays. I still watch Justin Fields almost missing screen passes. Like sure. I, I still don't. And I know you're not a big Fields guy, but um, I just think the the Bears are 
I see them ending up with like four or five wins still. Um, and so not real high on them. I do agree on Cincinnati for sure. And actually, before when I started thinking about this, I was actually going to say, I don't know about Cincinnati trending up. Everybody's going to say that because they won a game. But the the fact you brought up, uh, I agree with, is Joe Burrow was moving around. And that is a really big deal. Like the Arizona defense sucks. But the fact that he was able to be moving around and make that offense look more dynamic, to your point, I mean, this was a team that we all thought was in the mix for the Super Bowl. And so um, I absolutely think they might be trending up. And I think that they're a team that we definitely should consider uh, looking at in terms of betting as a team that's better than where they've been. And your point about them being one game back is just crazy. I mean, that's amazing. So um, mine, a couple that I'll say, um, one is the Colts. Uh, man, this is a team like, I mean, Pittman Jr. looks like a real NFL receiver, like reliable, uh, lots of targets, not a big play guy. We talked about him with DFS last week, right? Um, but he looks really reliable and Josh Downs kind of looks like a guy way more than I would have thought. Now they've got two running backs in the backfield who are at least competent and the offensive line has looked pretty decent. I think it's really important for the defensive line to stay healthy there. Um, if, if they lose some guys off that defensive line, they'd be in trouble because the secondary isn't great, but that defensive line is pretty strong. And so I don't mean like Super Bowl contender or something, but I think they can even hang around in the division potentially, whether it's Minshew or Richardson, who's going to be out for a little while now. So I was just, I was just going to say real quick, I don't think they're the one team that, you know, they're starting quarterbacks out, but I don't necessarily think there's a fall off there. So you don't really have to adjust for that. Yep, totally, totally. Um, and then the other one, this is a weird one because they're undefeated, so I don't know if you can say they're trending up. But I was impressed with what I saw from Philadelphia. Eagles, yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's just a team that I expected more from, and they were 4-0, and but it was sort of like last year's Vikings almost. Like, you're pretty lucky to be 4-0, and it hasn't looked good. And they went in there and just were able, uh, like the Rams' offenses look good, and they did what they needed to to hold them down defensively. The offense looks strong, so um, I, I like the direction Philly's headed, even though they're undefeated at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree, and honestly, the only reason I didn't bring up Philly was just because I think we had high expectations, so like you said, right, you know, exactly. they're, they're kind of getting there, and kind of, the, you could almost say the same with the Lions, too, right? I mean, they're they're definitely going in the right direction, but I yeah. think... We've, we've watched that though. So I don't think it's any big shock that they're, they're right. trending in the right direction. I actually right? did have them written down too. Just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they continue to climb and how I view them, I would right. say. Same, um, same. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk. Uh, let's start looking at some of next week's games and um, appreciate those of you who are in the chat and commenting and stuff. If there are games that you want to make sure that we talk about, make sure and drop those. Um, we'll be picking off ones that we're interested in. Um, Yanni, I will start out with one, uh, and may, it's one I would guess that we're both going to be interested in based on some of the conversation we just had, but that is Seattle going on the road to Cincinnati. Um, right now the line is at two and a half. Um, you, it, it's more juice on the minus two and a half for Cincinnati. So it's trending toward the possibility of going to minus three. And then the over under is at 46 and a half. We talked about it just now. Cincinnati is a team we thought would be really good coming off a win over the Cardinals. Seattle had a rough game in their first one against the Rams, but have bounced back pretty nicely since then. This to me feels like uh, we're going to find some stuff out about both teams kind of game. Uh, where, where are you looking in this one, given the line? 
I, I think you're spot on as far as this. There, there's probably as much to learn this week in this game than any other. Um, I, I think depending upon what we see, kind of the, going back to that Bengals thing, if if they are truly turning that corner, and props to Phil, by the way, who a week ago said, hey, don't count this Bengals team out. You know, Joe Burrow coming back kind of preseason. I mean, let's let's give some credit there. Maybe he was spot on with that. Maybe he was right on the money and, and you know, they're kind of working through whatever. But here's what I would say in this game. I can't find, I can only find one betting angle in this game. And the reason being is I think we have what you said earlier, an undervalued Bengals team potentially, um, because I still don't know that the public is buying in just yet to what potentially could be there. But I also think the Seahawks team is is very underrated. And, you know, I was high on them coming into the season here. So I don't necessarily see value either way. Normally, if it were almost any other team than Seattle, I would want to buy still, I think, low on the Bengals here and say, hey, less than a field goal at home. They're going to turn the corner, whatever. But that Seahawks defense, you know, they they seem to be getting better. Um, offensively, we know if they're on their game, they can do some things. So I can't bet this game other than I think the numbers there, if you want to tease Seattle and get over that, that key number, um, I don't love that, but I think that that's an option just because I don't see either team running away with this game. It feels like it's going to have one of those games that does end up as a field goal. So I think if you want to play this game for me, I would feel most comfortable teasing it if you have another leg that you like. I don't really love the side or the total either way, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with you. It feels like a really hard one to take a position. I will say you can still get over 46. And I think the bet there is that the Bengals offense really is back. Uh, Because it struggled so much. But I think if the Bengals offense really is back, I think over 46 is not a bad look here either. I definitely can see this being like a a game that's played in the 30s or at least the high 20s. Uh, Because Seattle's offense is really strong, but their their weakness potentially is on that defensive side of the ball. Now, I know that, um, you know, the secondary has stepped up a little bit recently. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Um, but man, Cincinnati was pretty unstoppable. T Higgins, it sounds like will likely be back for the next game. Um, so yeah, I hear you on the T and I hear even your hesitancy and like, Hey, if I was going to do something, I'd tease this, but I don't necessarily love it. And I feel in sort of the same boat. It's like both of these teams have the offenses to get away from the other team. If things go wrong, um, which makes it harder to tease, but I don't, I don't potentially mind that. Uh, over on the total I have not bet it yet but it's something I would consider do you, any thoughts on on that point total or you feel like that's pretty spot on as well I mean that's roughly where I have it I don't have strong feelings either way and I think part of my uncertainty also goes to what you just said which is has that Bengals offense turned the corner are we going to see Jamar Chase lighting it up again is Burrow going to look good it, if we saw that for two weeks and this were going into week three, I think we could probably say, yep, this is legit. But yeah. there's still just a part of me that's saying, okay, it was a Cardinals defense. You know, they weren't getting a ton of pressure most of the game. Secondary, not good. So, because, hey, let's be honest. They, when you look at what Jamar Chase did to that Cardinal, it's like, come on, man. Like, I mean, a decent defense is, they're going to. Nice. After the first half, they're going to figure that out. I mean, you know, they're they're going to figure out a way to slow that down a little bit. The Bengals, or I'm sorry, the Cardinals had no answers for that. Yep. All right. 
Uh, well, Yanni, how about you? Do you have a game that you are interested in here for us to talk about? Yeah, let me pull them up. I've got a few here. Um, you know, so I, I think one game, and I'm just going to put it out there, that I think you can go against traditional betting wisdom with is this. So this past week, the Miami Dolphins were minus. It got up to, what, 12 and a half against the Giants. Yeah. I think it started at nine and a half. And, and I know we, at least I, I think you did too, but I know I got in pretty early on that and um, didn't really even need it. Even 12 and a half ended up going over but uh, or covering. But, you know, I think I look at this. They've got a matchup at home again against a Carolina team that is not good. They can't score. Um, you know, they and, – and, I, I mean, Adam Thielen looked good last week. I, I get it. You know, they're they're trying, but it's like they have to try so hard to muster offense. Um, so I just don't see how they're going to keep up. And that Carolina defense, unfortunately for them, is not as good as I think they or a lot of us felt might they might be. And some of that might be the the futility of the offense, which is you know putting them in difficult spots. But they can't stop the run. And, you know, that's a problem because what we're seeing is when the Dolphins are running the ball, they're running it really, really, really well. And then, oh, by the way, what happens when you have to, you know, show up to stop the run? Then you get Tyree Kill over the top and different things like that going on. So my point is this. They covered a big number against the Giants. And I think the Panthers are arguably worse. So I'm looking at that and saying, this just doesn't seem like a game that can be close. And let me say one other thing. Not only did the Dolphins cover that number, they didn't necessarily play great in that game. They turned the ball over three times. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where like, it's not like, oh, they played a flawless game and they won by 17. They didn't play that great of a game and they won by 17. So I think when you look at this Panthers team, even if the Dolphins aren't on their A game, I just think the talent disparity, you know, to me, this line should be more of a minus 17. Um, so right now you can still get it at two touchdowns. I think you got to lay the huge number here. And, you know, it sounds crazy that that's the game that I go to, but the math, the logic, all of it just checks out for me. It's so hard to go to a game that has a spread this big, but I can't disagree with you. And you, you know, I'm like the turnover guy. So I was going to say, go exactly where you just went, which is when, and, and not only did they turn the ball over a lot, but they didn't have any takeaways. So they, they lost the turnover battle by three. Yep. Uh, when you have a negative three turnover differential historically, and granted it matters which teams are playing obviously, but historically you have like an 8% chance of winning. And they won by 17. <laughs> so like if they, if they don't do that, it is utter destruction. Yeah. And, and I did see some stats today where Bryce Young's passer rating has come up each of the last three weeks. So he is playing a little bit better, but I mean, I, they, they were having a hard time scoring period. I think against this Dolphins defense, they may be able to put up a handful of points. You know, last week I said I like Carolina's team totals under. I probably don't like that quite as much this week, especially if it's, you know, 30 to three out of the gate and they're just, you know, going to go for it on every fourth down or whatever. But I'm with, I haven't bet it yet, but I think I, I need to go do it probably because this should be a 20 plus point difference because you're right. I think Carolina, the Giants are really bad. But I think Carolina's at least like a tick worse. Maybe not way, way worse, but they're a little bit worse. 
and the Dolphins played a bad game. I mean, the points that you made, the, the only other thing I'll say, which this doesn't even affect the way that I would really view this game, Devon HN has an, a near injury and he's uncertain for next week, but let's say he sits out. Do you really feel like that's going to be so problematic in this game? I, I don't. So, yeah, I like it. And I mean, you could look at, um, they're going to be high, but you could look at Miami's team totals over here again as well. Correct. Yep. Where did they end up last? What was their score last week? So uh, their team total was 30 and a half. They got to 31. So they just squeaked by. But keep in mind, they had 31 in the third quarter. So if they really probably needed to score, they could have kept going. And keep in mind that they threw a pick six on the two yard line. I mean, you know, they, which I'm still bitter about. I think I, I mentioned to you, I had minus seven and a half first half yes. Miami. And that, that cost me that, I, you know, I was like, oh, good. We're going to be up by 21 going into half. This is great. And uh, that's all Brutal. right. But, Brutal. but, you know, I, again, I think it just points to the fact that even when you throw a pick six on, on the other team's goal line, you're still covering a huge number. So I, I think you're right. Both of those are in play again. Yeah, I like that. I, I mean, yeah, you just think if they didn't have the three turnovers, the pick six you just talked about on the goal line, I mean, 45 to 50 isn't out of the question in that game yeah. once again. So yeah. this is a team that it's not a fluke that they're putting up points in the mid-30s, even to the 40s. So no. those are a couple bets I like, Yanni. I think I'll probably end up making both of those this week. Like. All right. Uh, let's see. Do you have another game? I was going to look through the list here, but if you have another one already queued up, we can go to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I hate to do it, but I'm going to go square bet here. Um, but I believe it, it, in in that, and it, it has nothing to do with what we saw last night. Um, but San Francisco, there's two, two angles here, minus five at Cleveland and then their team total. So Cleveland, we know had a great defense through the first four weeks of the season kind of fell apart again, part probably partially the offense's you know, fault that the defense fell apart a little bit. Also had some injuries there. Miles Garrett got banged up, yeah. which again, you know, we got to look at his status and all that. But, you know, to me, first of all, Watson may not play. Now, not that I think Watson's going to be some savior if he does, but obviously when we saw uh, his backup in Dorian Robinson, uh, excuse me, Thompson, right? DRT. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, DRT. Thank you. DRT. DRT. Yep. When DRT was in, I mean, they could not move the ball at all. Without Chubb, they haven't been able to run the ball at all. Um, maybe Kareem Hunt can get going, but guess what? It's not going to be against this 49ers defense. It's not going to be this week. So, you know, you start looking at that and saying, how is Cleveland going to score? My first inkling was to go to their team total and go under, but it's 16 and a half, which is really low. Um, yeah. So, you, you know, I don't know that that's the route to go because sometimes you can stumble your way to 17 points in an NFL game. Or if the Niners get, you know, if it gets away and, you know, they pull some starters, whatever, they backdoor that. So, but I do think the minus five is very much in play. And then the Niners team total, depending on what book, you can get minus, I'm sorry, you can get over 20 and a half or over 21 and a half, depending on which book. Obviously, 20 and a half is better, um, but even at 21 and a half, this offense, I don't care if they're playing a good defense in Cleveland. This offense is too unstoppable, too dynamic to not put 22 points on the board. For me, it's hard to see any game this year that they don't put 22. I mean, you saw them light up the Cowboys who have a similar defense to the Browns in terms of just scheme and all that. So, you know, you kind of look at that and it's like, I think both of those are very much in play here. 
I understand that it's a road game. I understand San Francisco's coming off that high of whooping up on Dallas. I know Cleveland's coming off a bye. So I think, but I think we're just getting value with that. I think, you know, that we're, we're probably getting a couple points of value there. I don't see why or how this is under a touchdown for me. Um, so, you know, having it at that minus five here, give me the Niners all day in this game and give me their team total. Yanni, I love where your head's at. And I do think getting Miles Garrett back is a big deal. I, sure. I mean, a player that dominant. I mean, I know you're not saying it's not. So, th- so that's a big deal. But let's go, let's go to that game with Dallas. I mean, we would agree that Micah Parsons is also a dominant defensive player. Right? I mean, you could argue who's better, but he's a dominant defensive player. He was invisible last night, man. Yeah. Like and, he was nowhere to be found. And, and you know what? I thought that. Which of the, and I, I hate to do this because I just blasted mainstream sports media when we started here, but which, which McCourty brother is the one on, is that Devin McCourty or Jason McCourty? Who's what, on the call, like on the on, broadcast? On Sunday night football. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, no, I don't know. I don't Whatever. Know. Whichever McCourty brother was on there, he actually said something I thought was, was exactly on the money. And he said, um, he said, I do think that the Dallas defensive line in, in front seven, could take advantage of San Francisco's offensive line because I think they're more talented. But he said Kyle Shanahan is not going to let that happen because he's going to scheme yep. around these guys. And if, right. I mean, that's exactly what we saw happen. That 49ers line outside of Trent Williams is not that great. It's really not when you look at it piece by piece. They're, I don't even know if they're average. I mean, they're not that great. But Shanahan figures out a way to neutralize these guys. And I think he'll do the same thing with Miles Garrett and that front seven in Cleveland. And, you know, at that point, what do we need? Brock Purdy to take care of the football? He does that. McCaffrey to find a few yards on the ground. He's going to do that no matter what defense he's playing. And then, oh, by the way, you need somebody like Ayuk or Samuel or Kittle to chip in. At least one of those guys always finds a way to chip in there. So I just, again, I don't see how this team for the rest of this year, if they have a team total under 22 points, sign me up, man. Yeah, I'm going to just add to that. And I can't, even though Cleveland's defense, I do think legit is good. I do believe they're a good defense. Uh, I can't believe it's that low. Like, maybe it's dumb to read through a game log. But since Brock Purdy took over, like this year, they've scored 30, 30, 30, 35, 42. They haven't been under 30 this year. You go back to last year, and we're not going to do the playoffs. They did have a 19-point game in the playoffs. We also know there were injuries there and things like that. 38 37 37 then you finally get to a 21 against seattle on december 15th of last year like this team scores 30 like it's nobody's business yeah and they may not do that against cleveland but i'm with you to think that they're going to go under 22 seems like i mean yeah it's a good spot (laughs) is what i'm saying the other thing i will say i mean because there's not a lot to add to all that you said two things i would add one is just reinforcing we're seeing how much coaching matters in this yeah. league. The distance between San Francisco and Dallas is not as big as what it looked last night, though Dak is a problem. But if you switched coaches on those two teams, that game would not look like that. I so agree. Seeing, yeah, so we're seeing how much coaches matter. Um, And then uh, I don't even remember the other thing I was going to say. Uh, San Francisco. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is we'll see where the line goes, but I don't mind if you have something else you really like this as like a money line parlay type piece as well. You know, if the defense is able to keep it closer than we think, 
but I, I definitely like San Francisco uh, to win this game, though. So yeah, for, for sure. Love it, man. I think those are some really good looks. Um, all right. Let's move on to another game here. Let's talk about Detroit and Tampa Bay. Um, Because Tampa Bay certainly has outperformed what I expected of them to this point. Baker Mayfield has looked competent, I guess. Uh, The defense has been solid, which I guess we weren't totally surprised by. We expected that. They do have some weapons, though they've struggled to run the ball a bit. Detroit going down to Tampa, minus three you can still get, though that is minus 120. It's gone to three and a half already in some places. There are a few minus threes left if you want, but it looks like it's going to three and a half. Tampa Bay is also coming in off of a buy. So, and, and, and it's possible. I'm not saying I believe this, but you could say maybe Detroit's performance looks inflated because they played the Panthers last week. Also, it looks like Amon Ross St. Brown could potentially be out again. That's something that we'll have to monitor. What do you think? We just talked about how we do like this Detroit team and feel like they're trending positively, but it feels like a tough game going down to Florida this weekend in the spot. What do you think happens? Yeah, this is not a great spot for Detroit, um, I, I think. Uh, you know, you look at this team, I think, first of all, Amon Ross St. Brown is a key for this team. You can get by Carolina at home without him. That's fine. I, that didn't concern me. But going on the road against a better defense and a better team, that worries me if he doesn't go. And, you know, kudos to the Lions. They're finding ways. I mean, Josh Reynolds looks great out there. I mean, he's making some phenomenal plays, some great catches. They're figuring out a way to get Laporta involved in the offense. Great. You know, you you mentioned Kyle Shanahan. Kudos to what they're doing offensively in Detroit as well. I mean, that, you know, little reverse flea flicker they ran, brilliant call. And then we saw it again in the Niners game. But um, beautiful play call. So they're doing a lot of great things. But I don't think this is a great spot for them. Um, I feel like... You don't want to be cliche, but this is the typical letdown game, in, in my opinion here. Uh, and maybe we won't see that. I mean, Dan Campbell seems like the kind of guy that he's going to be up, you know, screaming and cheering. And, you know, he's going to have his guys probably as ready as can be. But that St. Brown injury, I think, first of all, is pivotal. If he's out, I don't think you can touch the lines at that point, in my opinion. Um, if he's in, I think you could look at that because I do think they are a better team. But I'll be honest, I I lean towards the home team here in this game, especially if this gets to three and a half, which it looks like it may do. I think to your point, the public seeing what Detroit's been doing, we're talking about them trending up, which they are and should be. I just don't know that this is a great spot for them. Am I rushing to bet against the Lions? I'm not because I, I think so highly of them right now. But again, if it gets to three and a half, especially. I'm going to have to consider it. And if St. Brown is out and it's a three and a half, I will definitely be on Tampa at that point. Uh, I I don't know why, but I just really don't like Tampa Bay. As But but I say that to say, hey, unfortunately, I'm with you on this one. And it really is hard because I th- I do think highly of Detroit. And I think that they're well-rounded, which is something that I really like in a team, that it's not only one side of the ball that has to win the game for them each week. But, man, this feels like exactly what you said. Uh, A letdown game, a St. Brown is out, playing on the road against a team that is likely to put up some resistance. Now, I will say with Tampa Bay, they are playing in a division that is as weak as we thought it would be except for them. Uh, New Orleans defense has looked good. I am still 
hesitant on New Orleans overall as a team just because, I mean, even that destruction of New England was largely on the defense, not the offense. So I'm not sure about the offense there. Atlanta, who we know the struggles of Desmond Ritter, though he had a little bit better game last week, which which was good, but they're they're okay. So, I mean, Tampa's a team that in this division is, at this point, I would say they're going to be a contender. Um, they have the talent to be there, and if Mayfield doesn't implode, I think they can be there. But I still think this is the weakest division in the NFC, and so that still, to me, puts them as like a average team at best. So I think Detroit is a better team than them, but I just think the spot isn't great, which is sort of what you alluded to. Um, so I think a field goal one way or another feels right to me here. I definitely can see Detroit still going in and winning this game, but I think it ends up being close. So at three and a half, I, you do have to consider it, I think. Yeah, and, and you know, we always say you don't have to bet it, right? So, you know, <laughs> true. You know, but to me, again, you don't want to put so much stock into a player that's that's not a quarterback. I mean, obviously, if we have quarterbacks, you hold a totally different conversation. So you don't want to look at a wide receiver and say, ah, well, you know, but but I really think in this game, that to me is the pivotal point that you got to look and say, if and I don't know how much his line would move if he's in or out. So if St. Brown is in, I think you could at least consider Detroit. I think if he's out, to me, that's how much of a difference in that offense I think St. Brown is in this game. So, you know, to me, that's the other part of this is, you know, I, I don't think this is one where you're necessarily going to get or try to get good closing line value now early in the week. Yeah. I think this is one that you wait, you see how the injuries play out, you see where that line ends up, and then you determine at that point, do you feel strong enough to want to play it? But I mean, I, it's just, we've said it again, I'll repeat it one more time, bad spot for Detroit, but they're a better team. So it's like, how do you, you know, how do you do that here? For me, I'd yeah. rather just pass and, and, you know, see what happens. And going to something you said earlier at three and a half, it's also, you could definitely consider it as a teaser leg too. I mean, you Good. get that up to nine and a half. That's, that's probably my, not a bad look here either. My only, my only thought is this though, like Detroit does have that type of offense where let's say they, 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 it isn't a bad spot and they come out yeah. and they play like we've seen, they can put up 35 points. They can, you know, they can light it up. And then all of a sudden you get a 35 to 21 type game it's or whatever. True. And it's like, well, my teaser. So I don't love them even in a teaser, even though I potentially, if I had to bet them, I might take the side. I just, I don't love them in, in a teaser again. That To me, this is just kind of a hard game to really, really get a strong side on, especially until we know what St. Brown does. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, all right, I got another one to throw out, and then uh, I'll kick it back to you for another one after that. I'm interested in this Indianapolis-Jacksonville game, to be honest. Um, Jacksonville, yes, they beat Buffalo last week, and and I think that actually was a good good win for them, even though there were many factors that went into that game, playing overseas, they got to stay there. You know, injuries, there was a lot going on. But Jacksonville, the way they had looked uh, for much of this season, could have lost to that game very easily. So I do feel like they've been improving a little bit. The offense has looked a little bit better um, now. But but here's the thing for me. Zay Jones looks like he's going to be back out again. And I think it's a big deal for Zay Jones to be in or out. Uh, that offense has not clicked as well, even though they have Ridley and Kirk, who are two great receivers. So it's not like they're hurting for receivers. But for some reason, it feels like that offense ticks down a spot or two when Zay Jones isn't in there. So that, I think, is problematic. They're also coming back now from two weeks in London instead of just one, which is nice they got to stay, but it's probably not helpful for this week coming back. And then 
For Indy, I talked about this earlier, but they're a team to me that feels, I think the best word I would use right now is solid. They don't feel flashy. They're they're going to lose, certainly lose their share of games. But I don't see them getting blown out regularly. Not that it couldn't happen, but they're okay on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and they're almost like one of these good teams, but half as good, <laughs> you know, where they're balanced to both sides. And like we talked about earlier, I think it's fine for Gardner Minshew to be in there. So right now it's at four and a half, uh, four, four and a half, depending on where you look. I guess it's actually for most places. You can still get a four and a half plus uh, minus one fifteen is what I see. Um, I I certainly wouldn't like it the lower it ticks down, but I'm a little bit interested in Indy plus the points here. You're in my opinion, you're on the right side. Um, I everything you just mentioned, I think as much of an advantage as it was for Jacksonville having that game in London the second week in a row, I think that's a disadvantage coming for them coming back. And and I know they're kind of, I'm going to say used to it because they've done it, but we know it's different players, different teams every year. So it's not like it's the same group of guys. I mean, maybe Trevor Lawrence knows the drill, whatever. Um, but, you know, ETN, which by the way, let me take two seconds to say, Roger Goodell, any any opportunity to blast that guy, man, I swear, that's such a crock <laughs> the way they had that thing set up. But beside the point, move it on back. Well, I, I think you're right, though. I, I think that this is not, we talked about a bad spot for Detroit. I don't love this spot for the Jags. They're coming off an emotional win, coming back over. Um, and, I think that point you bring up on Zay Jones is huge. So Zay Jones caught the first touchdown in that game on Sunday. And if you watch, it's because eyes were on Calvin Ridley. So, you know, I think to your point, it's like you got to have that that guy. And Jones has proven in, in Jacksonville to be that capable kind of number two, number three receiver there. So even though, yes, they have Ridley and they have Kirk and Ingram, this team they're not there yet. And I think this Jags team is going to continue to get better. I think they're going to win that division, but I think that's too many points this week, even though, you know, whatever, I, I don't think you can downplay Gardner Minshew coming back and, and playing his old team there. I think he's going to be fired up and playing well. Uh, you know, you mentioned their offensive line is playing well. There's one thing that I don't like for Indianapolis in this game and that's the fact that they have been very reliant on the running game and using the running game to set up the pass. Jacksonville can be very stout against the run. So I do worry a little bit if Indy can't get that running game going, are they going to be able to sustain offense? And then, you know, you kind of mentioned the concerns with the secondary for Indy. That's a little bit of a problem or a little concern there, just in the sense that we know the Jags have multiple weapons there. So I, would I say it's like I love Indy? I wouldn't say that. But I do think with those points in a division matchup, I think, again, you're over that key field goal number. To me, I, I would definitely look and lean Indy in this game. Yeah, one other point, and I was trying to look up if I could find any info about it. Um Sorry. Oh no! It looks like I, I thought that I thought Cam Robinson went back down in that game against he's, the he's Bills. He's okay game. though. Yeah, he's, he's okay. He's, okay. Yeah. Because yep. that would be an issue uh, for their offensive line if he was gone again. But um, yeah, and I was. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, and I don't mean to cut you off. I feel like I'm no, you're monopolizing good. here, but that's you're one good. thing too. You know, I mentioned earlier how oh we hear about the Travis Kelsey injury and that nobody talked about when the Jags' offense was struggling a little bit early on. 
hey, your left tackle's not in the game. Like, that makes a difference. So I think getting Robinson back will absolutely help this Jags team as they move forward. And I think we saw it this last weekend. I mean, you know, he he was a little rusty. He gave up a little bit there. But at the end of the day, this makes them better. So anyways, but he is in. I, I think he's good to go. So I don't think there's any issues there. Okay. All right. Well, let's. We probably got time for just a couple more here. Is there another game that you like on the board that we haven't talked about? Uh, let's see here. What else did we have circled here? Um, oh, so this one I, I think is a little tricky, but I think we got to look at that Atlanta Falcons team here. You know, they're at home again. Uh, it seems like every game they played is at home. I don't know if it's just me like imagining that or what. Every game is at home and every game has a two and a half point spread one way or the other. I, I, I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, but but I think, you know, you, you can look at that. And at this point, I think, and I almost mentioned it, we didn't really talk about the three trending down or talk about trending down teams, but I was going to actually go with the commanders on, on a trending down team because Early on, it was like, hmm, maybe this team's got something. You know, defense pretty good. Howell's playing pretty well. They got weapons. But you look back at it now, and of course, it's easy to look in the rearview mirror, but you're like, okay, they they barely beat the Raiders, right? They barely beat Denver. You know, so it's like, what have they really done? And then you look at them getting waxed in three other games. I mean, I think they have a minus 51 point differential or something like that. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think when we look at that, I think there might still be this perception like, oh, they won a couple games. And if you watch their games, the announcer like, man, Sam Howell's great. And I actually am a Sam Howell. I, I think he can be a good franchise NFL quarterback. I think he has a long way to go. He doesn't seem to read very well from the pocket, which, I mean, he's a young quarterback. I'm not holding that. I think he could be good. But I think for right now, Howell's not there yet. And then when you kind of start digging in and looking at the matchups here, the only way I see Washington coming out with a win in this game is if they get turnovers, which, you know, to me, yeah, it could happen. That's why it's gambling. That's why it's sports betting. But if that's what you're relying on to win, which in my opinion is what it would take this weekend for them to win, we're under a field goal with the home team. And you mentioned it, it's one game, but Ritter, that's got to give him a little confidence. I'm sure he was here in some of the, you know, chatter of, oh, Ritter can't play football. And, you know, it's like, okay, you have a good game. Maybe that pauses a little bit. So Ritter at home, this defense, we saw him against the Bears and, and you know, I whatever on that. But they struggled with Justin Fields, DJ Moore, you know, so you start looking at that and saying, okay, maybe Ritter has a good game. We know this team can run the football at home defense. So under a field goal, I like Atlanta here. Yeah, this is one that I've struggled with a little bit just because Atlanta um, – they're a team where if they get behind, I worry about what they're able to do. True. Um, and so, um, and also even Bijan, you know, has kind of struggled to run the ball because they're able to stack the box against him so much. But to your point, Washington hasn't really stopped anyone. I mean, they've barely beaten a couple bad teams. So I think, I, I think at the end of the day, what I have to remind myself is coming into the season, I thought Atlanta in with a week schedule was somewhere around a 500 team, eight or nine wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to come off of that from a couple bad performances or a good one or whatever, but I, I think that's still probably true. In a bad division, I think this is probably an eight or nine win team. Like Their defense is actually decent, um, and the offensive Ritter can get some momentum going to complement that even a little bit. They're going to be 
average to slightly, maybe slightly above average. Where Washington coming into the year, I thought this is one of the bottom five teams in the league. I think that probably is still true or something close to it. So all that adds up to, especially at home, get less than a field goal. Atlanta likes to play close games, but a field goal is a, is a good spread. So I definitely don't mind that. I hadn't had that on my radar much, but I think that definitely is worth a look with what we've seen from Washington here recently. Uh, yeah, to me, it just feels like at this point, Washington's still maybe a little overvalued. I, I, you know, yeah. to me, like I, I feel like the spread should be more like minus three and a half over that key number. Um, and, and, you know, I think potentially if you like Atlanta, you probably want to bet them sooner than later. I just, I, I would feel like this spread would get to three. And obviously I don't I think, think it would go sense. the other. Yeah. I don't think it goes yeah. the other direction. Even if it did, you're not getting much. So it's one of those where exactly. it's like, if you like Atlanta, you probably want to get in on this now, um, you know, and, and get the best potential number if you like. I mean, I understand it's hard to it's hard to back Desmond Ritter. It's, you know, this Atlanta team, like you said, they're not great. But I, I don't know. This just seems like a game that they should win to me. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, this game that Shady brings up here. He says New Orleans money line minus 120 or minus one and a half, minus 110. They go against the Houston Texans who have uh, – Houston has – gained a little bit of public momentum, right? CJ Stroud has played pretty well. And I will say, and to be fair, I didn't really, I didn't get to watch the Houston game, but looking back at it, it looks like they were able to get into the red zone a lot and then ended up kicking field goals. Yeah. So it looks like last week is a game they probably could have won against a decent Atlanta team. Um, so Houston's been playing better. I know you talked about New Orleans trending in the in the right direction. Do you like New Orleans against Houston this week? Yeah, I, I think Shady's right here. Um, and you know, again, kudos kudos to Domingo Ryan's and and that Houston team. But I don't necessarily love the matchup for Houston here. I think you know I kind of mentioned at the beginning that New Orleans defense uh, they proved me wrong. I mean, I you know going into the season I said ah they're probably going to be like I said ten to fifteen. And I think they're better than that. And I think they're going to do a couple things. I think they can stop the run, um, which is going to obviously put pressure on Stroud. Now, Stroud has proven he can handle that. But, um, you know, they could get a lot of pressure on him. Stroud, I mean, they put up the stat, which is mind-blowing. No turn, no interceptions in his first whatever, 184 yeah, passes, beating crazy. Brady and, you know, some of these other big names. Somehow Kyle Allen got on that list. But, you know, anyways, regardless, uh, you know, I, but I, to me, this is like one of those situations where maybe we see that streak come to an end. Um, maybe it changes here. Real quick, I was just going to say they have three straight games with zero turnovers, and they only have two turnovers on the season. I know. And you wonder how long can they sustain that? Yeah. And then, you know, kind of like what we were talking about with the Dolphins, they're kind of the opposite. Like, even winning the turnover battle, they're either barely winning or, or they're still losing. So I think, again, there is a discrepancy in teams here. So I think, you know, this is one where, yeah, I mean, New Orleans, I, to me, they're a better team. And when you look at this, I mean, how much of that home field advantage are we looking at with Houston here? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think that the Saints are a veteran team that I think they can come in here, maybe end that turnover streak, whatever. So I, I'm with Shady on this. I mean, I think New Orleans is the play. Uh, you know, generally, and, and it sounds crazy because we know what's NFL betting logic. You don't lay points on the road in the NFL. And that's kind of what we're talking about doing with a couple of these games. But I don't see Houston pulling a win in this one. I really don't. 
a couple thoughts on this one. One is um, New Orleans has at least one takeaway in every game. Yep. So that and I don't want to get too hung up on turnovers, but this is something that I think the reason I like turnovers is it just provides a little bit of context or color to where teams are at. So you can think a team is so hot and doing so great and they might be. But if they're winning the turnover battle by two or three every week, it's like, OK, they are hot. And also they can't keep that up forever. And I think that that's what we're seeing here. I mean, not like one of the things that I look at is what is a team's record when they have a positive turnover differential or negative and a team that's two and two with a positive turnover differential, that's not very good. Right. Um, you know, Oh, and one with a negative. So I just think, I think Houston is better than we thought they would be. And I think CJ Stroud looks really promising, but I still think we are pumping them up more than we should be. Yeah. <laughs> this is still a team that is in the bottom third of the league. Most likely, um, and I think New Orleans defense is what I like here. I, I feel shaky on their offense still um, with Carr, and I'm not sure if that injury is affecting him at all not, or not still, but their their defense is really solid, and I think that could be problematic for a team that's relied on its offense in Houston. So yep. not that their defense has been terrible, but they've needed that. So, um, All right, well, hey, let's do this before we get out of here. Just really quick, um, if you have the games pulled up, I have them pulled up just kind of quick hits Anything else that you are interested, either you've already bet it or you're interested in betting it at the current line? Um, and we don't have to dive deep into it, but just kind of throw things out if you've got them. Yeah, I, you know, I, we kind of touched on some, but I think that the, uh, the over in your Vikings and Bears game, I think at this point, the Bears are an over team. Um, you know, I mentioned maybe their defense yeah, like is playing that. a little bit better, but. Defense still isn't good. Maybe the offense has gotten it going a little bit. I, you know, I know your Vikings defense are okay, but they're not great. So I think you kind of look at that there, and I think we could potentially have another, you know, fairly high scoring game. So I think that uh, right now it's at forty five and a half uh, in most in most places. It looks like so. I, I think that's a decent spot there. Um, I'm just looking here if anything else jumped out that I had circled. I can throw a couple too. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Baltimore's down to minus three. Yeah. They've been inconsistent, but I, and I know that game's overseas, but uh, that means it's not really a home game for Tennessee. And, right. man, I just think they're a better team. Um, they could lose, but at, man, at minus three, I might have to jump on board with the Ravens. Yeah. And I mean, so frustrating this last week if you're a Baltimore fan or betting on Baltimore because they, they should have won that game five times over. They should have covered that game five times over. And not only do they not cover, they lose outright, which is crazy. But I think you're right. I mean, this is not a home field advantage for Tennessee. If anything, I think what we're learning more and more with these London games and these overseas games, because wait, this one's in Germany, right? Yeah, Sorry. Germany, I think. Germany. Yeah, yeah you know, overseas. So you got even another hour time difference, I right. believe, there. Baltimore went over today. Uh, today's Monday for anyone okay. who catches this late. And uh, Tennessee's not going over till later in the week. And I mean, you heard from Travis Etienne, you heard from guys like, you know, it, it takes your body three, four days to get acclimated to this. And these teams that are trying to go over two days before and stay up all night, like, I don't think it works. Now, I mean, I'm not a sleep study science guy. I, I can't speak to any of that. But I think to your point, it's like, to me, Baltimore seems to have the better plan here going in. Um, so even though, yes, Tennessee keeps every game close, it seems like, and you know, their defense is going to battle hard and 
Henry's going to pound the rock and, you know, they're going to do what they do in that. I think you're right. I think, you know, getting this down on a quote unquote neutral field where I actually think Baltimore is going to have the advantage, kind of the same concept as Atlanta. Like, okay, I think this team's a little bit better. Uh, and, you know, you're getting it at that key number, so to speak. So I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. I didn't bring that up because on mine and you have it minus three. Uh, I only show up minus three at Caesars right now. Okay. I was so going to say a lot of three and a half out there, but a yeah. number of the places, the three and a halfs are minus one Oh five. Right. So it is trending that way a little but Yeah. Only at Caesars right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, you know, I, I do think that is a potential teaser leg for Tennessee. Um, you know, if you're at that plus nine, plus nine and a half there, they don't really get blown out. I mean, they, again, they, they fight on defense. They, you know, they're generally in close games and I don't know that this Baltimore team has done anything this year offensively, even though I think we believe they probably should to believe that they're going to throw up 40 points on someone right now. I mean, they just, they, they shoot themselves in the foot. They're inconsistent running the football. Um, you know, they drop a lot of passes and they you know, drop sure, a lot of passes. Yeah, sure. They could correct all that. But I, I think when you look at this, it's like, to me, this definitely has the feeling of, uh, you know, maybe a Ravens three, four, five, six, seven point win somewhere in there. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a blowout, at least in my opinion. So if you don't want to bet Baltimore or you don't have the minus three, if that doesn't come to fruition, um, you know, I, I think you could look teasing Tennessee the other direction. All right. Uh, two others I'm going to throw at you real quick. Uh, I like both straight up and I also, this is my favorite teaser right now, which I haven't bet yet, but I, but I very well might. And that's the Eagles and the Rams. They're both minus six and a half right now. The Eagles are playing the Jets who have no offense against a good defense. <laughs> you know, like, yes, they got a little bit of offense against the Broncos, but come on, that's the Broncos and the Rams, man, this so the Eagles were able to hold them down because they have a good defense. The Cardinals do not have a good defense. And I respect the Cardinals' effort. But I think this Rams offense, if if they, if Stafford has time and is able to find these weapons with cutback now, uh, I think it could get out of hand. So I like the Rams minus six and a half. I like Philly minus six and a half. And I like those two teased. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. Um, I think Philly is a, a definite teaser leg for sure. And, and quite frankly, I think they'll cover that six. But I, I think I they're think a definite yeah, I think they're a definite definite teaser leg. And kind of like the other game we were talking about, I instantly went to the Jets team total to potentially look at the under in that game. Yeah. But same thing, it's 16 and a half, which again, okay. I I was hoping for a 17 and a half, and then maybe it's like, hey, but you know, I don't, right. I don't like getting below that 17 number, even with bad offenses against good, even whatever. So I do think teasing for sure, um, you know, is, is a definite option there. And then, yeah, I think Philly, you know, they probably cover. Um, I'm with you on the Rams. I, I, I don't know that they cover. Um, I, I think that they will. And I think that as feisty as Arizona is going to has played, I, I feel like they've almost peaked already, if that's possible. Yeah, you know, it's so. like, you know, they kind of impressed us all, right? We're like, wow, this Arizona team, like they're fighting. But it's like, I watched that game against the Bengals and kind of what you were saying about the Bears, they're just not very good. I mean, the defense really just doesn't have anything. Um, offensively, it's kind of like, it, you know, and Connor's banged up, by the way, you know, he left that game with a knee injury, didn't yep. come back and don't know what his status is, but it's almost like if you take Marquise Brown out of that offense, they struggle. Like they can't, you know, they'll get a, they'll get a play here or there from Rondell Moore, 
you know, but it's like they, they can't Back do a hurt, lot maybe. offensively. Yeah. yeah, maybe you get a catch from Ertz. But so I think, you know, you look at that and, and you say you're right. I think that that Rams team total when I saw it was 26 and a half. So a little high, but I think, you know, again, when you look at the way that that Rams offense can play versus that defense, and I think you're right. The reason that, you know, I was against the Rams this week was because I thought Philly's defensive line was going to be all over that Rams offensive front, which they were. Um, I don't think we're going to see that against Arizona. I think it's going to be the opposite. And like you said, Stafford has time. Cooper Cup had a week to work himself back into the lineup, make some catches. Puka's still out there doing his thing. Um, and I think that Kyron Williams is a guy that could have a big game here as well. You know, we kind of, he's been under the radar. The Eagles kind of were able to slow him down, but I think he could get going. So I think you could look at that Rams team total. I know getting to 27 is not easy, but I think against this defense and in this matchup, I think the Rams are definitely viable. And I certainly don't hate teasing them. I, you know, I, I worry just a pinch because it's a divisional game and, you know, sometimes things go a little quirky in those divisional games, but yeah, I think you could definitely tease them there. Uh, and, and like I said, I like their team total over as well. Yeah. Two other things I'm going to just throw out really quick on this game. One is the team total that is fairly high. I think they probably get there, but you could look at the first half team total. We, I talked about this last week, but the Rams in the first half have been a juggernaut. Um, I had a, a bet on them last week that involved the first half against Philly, which did not hit thanks to that long pass interference and the touchdown at the end of the first half. But um, but I think they could put up a lot of points in the first half. So you could look at that. Also, I was just scrolling through DK right now, and there's a prop on the highest scoring half to be the first half at plus 105. Um, I don't mind that because I think even if Atlanta scores or Atlanta, Arizona scores some in the second half, it's probably not crazy. So I don't know. If you want to play that first half angle, that could be another thing to consider because the Rams have come out hot. Yeah, a little bit of the Sean McVay effect, right? You know, they obviously have their scripted start to the game and, yeah. and Stafford, Stafford's able to execute it well. So they come out hot, they score. I I don't hate that by any means. All right, anything else to throw in before we wrap it up here? I think I hit on a lot of the, the the ones that I was interested in. So, you know, obviously I'm going to do a little, little more digging, see if there's any potential CLV out there, but... Yeah, I hear you. Jason, I, I feel you on this uh, one-yard loss for CeeDee oh. Lamb last night. That sucks. I lost an under on C.J. Stroud's passing yards by two yards this week. <laughs> and then Shady had a bad beat here. Lamar, uh, had the Ravens minus four. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, J.J. The, and the I did too. Won that game. He had that yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Some rough beats, which is part of gambling, as we all know. But it's no fun, <laughs> no. <laughs> even when, when it happens. So. We'll appreciate you guys uh, in the chat. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Yanni, always fun to uh, cut it up. And I'm I'm excited because I feel like we found some good spots this week. So I think so. Appreciate you good having me. Absolutely, man. Uh, all right. As always, go to betcrushers.com to get all of Yanni's stuff. Follow at the betcrushers on X. You can follow at Big Tasty Sports to get stuff from me as well. And we will see you back on Thursday night for some DFS. So come and check that out then. Have a good night, everybody.